0: Welcome to another Forever Blue podcast. I'm Ian Cheeseman and uh, we come to you just after City and United have drawn 0-0 in the Manchester derby at Old Trafford. Um, I'll have my say on it in just a moment. We've got three guests tonight, uh, regulars from the Forever Blue podcast. They are Adam, who's never short of an opinion, um, <laughs> Amy, who uh, is never short of opinion either, and and Harlan, who's never short of an opinion. So I've got plenty of opinions uh, coming up on this particular podcast and lots to talk about uh, as well. I must say straight away uh, that um, without Charles Louis Group, there probably wouldn't be a podcast. Uh, they sponsor this podcast, so thanks very much, Well, a massive thank you to them. They're an advisory business. They advise on development, finance, mortgage advice, and estate agency. And if you're thinking of moving, and once we start to come through the other side of this terrible pandemic, it might be something that lots of people want to do. I urge you to have a look at the Charles Louis group. They have a website, uh, charleslouis.co.uk. On there, there's a phone number. They're a local company to Manchester. Uh, They specialise in offering buy-to-let, first-time buyer, and moving home, mortgages they now provide support too for the whole property transaction the process includes an independent estate agents and an expert commercial financial team and of course a renowned mortgage team so thanks very much to them for their support i wonder if dave who is the main man at charles louis and us are all singing from the same hymn sheet so to speak this weekend after the manchester derby um, I've been very very lucky in my life in my career I started watching City started going home and away when I was but a little lad and um, two-thirds of the time I've just been a fan just like you have um, if you're listening to this for a, a third of it maybe um, I was very very lucky to be at the BBC and to to actually be uh, paid to, to watch the games and to commentate what a thrill it was. Uh, during the last um, years since I was a teenager uh, back in the 1970s. My God, that makes me feel very, very old. Uh, Believe it or not, until this 0-0 draw at Old Trafford, behind closed doors, I'd attended every single derby match, home and away, including, by the way, that pre-season game in Houston when City drew, sorry, City lost to United, the first ever derby outside of the UK, even though it was, uh, in theory, a inferior friendly. I've attended every single one of them games. And that derby match yesterday, albeit that I was sat in front of the TV at home, watching it on a sofa, which isn't quite the same, I'd have to say was by far the worst derby match I've ever seen. In fact, um, the way I'm feeling at the moment, uh, I think that was one of the worst matches I've ever seen. Not lacking in quality. Um, and, and I go, to, go as far as to say, as I sit here right now, um, especially because we're recording this after Spurs and Liverpool have both drawn games that they should have won on paper anyway over the weekend, uh, City are very much still in this title race. I still think City could win the title. Look at the quality of players that City have got. Um, I would say half of the team, Um, are absolute world-class players. Not sure about the other half, and I'm not sure always about the the approach that City take in these very big games. And if you look back at the the last few big games City have had, um, I would argue that they were the semi-final of the FA Cup against Arsenal uh, when we lost, Uh, Lyon, Champions League, when we lost, Um, Liverpool at home when we drew, and Tottenham away, when we lost and now United away when we've drawn. So to me, the last five big games that City have had, uh, none of them have been victories. And every single one of those, City have looked scared by the opposition. Uh, The manager has has played the double pivot that people talk about. Um, I've said for quite a while now that I'm not a huge fan of Rodri. I think he slows things down. I think the manager can see that. I think that's why he plays a double pivot. He might not want to admit that, but I think that's what he's doing. Um, I also think that even though we can now, after this game, say, oh, clean sheet, defence is getting better. Is it really getting better? Or is it just that the team are becoming far less, uh, or far more cautious, far less attacking? So therefore being far less vulnerable to the counter-attacks and the attacks from the other teams uh, because they're being so much more cautious. That's the way I think it is. John Stomphs, for example, a player who's getting a lot of praise at the moment and has come in and kept a series of clean sheets. Um, Has he really been tested, for example? You know, he's got two holding midfielders in front of him um, and he's playing alongside uh, three other defenders. And I don't really see, apart from lots of sideways and backwards passing, a massive contribution from him uh, defensively. Um, so I think the reason why City are keeping clean sheets is more to do with caution. I thought City lacked bravery, ambition, passion. You know, you, you see players at the end of the game, City and United players, going and hugging each other and smiling. And you can just imagine them saying, how's the family? You're all right? You're just drawn a derby, lads. You're in a title race here. This is against Manchester United at Old Trafford, the old enemy. Where's the anger? Where's the passion? I don't mean go around kicking everybody, but show that, show that you care. Where was all that in the Manchester Derby? So, results-wise, some people say a point. That might be the point that win them the title. Might be. Is that what I want to watch every week? No. Is that a team that's a global brand that's going to make people go? I want to watch that Manchester City, their attacking team. Well, they weren't in that game. They probably will be against West Brom. They'll batter West Brom, no doubt, on Tuesday night, and they'll just like they did against Burnley and Fulham. But they don't seem to have the conviction, the belief the tactics, whatever way you want to look at it, to do this in the big games against the teams who don't lie down and die, the teams who have courage and and belief in themselves, who are similarly statured clubs who think, well, either they've got nothing to lose like Leon, or they, 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 they the City think they are, we're as good as them. So they give them a battle. West Brom will lie down. I, I, I'm sure West Brom will just come to City on Tuesday night and think, well, we're not going to get anything there, are we? Let's keep the score down, lads. Just get behind the ball. We come away with a 2-0 defeat. That's a good result, really. And against those teams, City will win every time. But that wasn't good enough, was it, in that Manchester derby? Well, that's my rant. Um, Harlan, who is one of the regulars, couldn't be on the podcast with us. Now, when I say live, obviously you're listening to this as a pre-record, and it is being pre-recorded on Sunday evening in the UK. But Harlan was—he's playing in some charity match, raising funds for, for somebody tonight. So he apologised and said, can I record my bit earlier on? So he has. So uh, let's start by hearing him tell us what he thought of the Manchester derby.
1: I'm an optimist and I'm not a blind optimist, but that that yesterday for me was just not exciting one bit. I usually enjoy watching us play football and, 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 and stretching opponents and, and making players move and putting them under pressure and you know, making... We've been known for the last, you know, three three seasons to, and even under Pellegrini and Mancini, to to make people run and stretch teams and, and make them fear what we can offer. And I don't think we offered... I don't think we offered much to that game other than nice, pretty passing in areas that were never going to hurt United. And I think that the reason for that... I, There was loads of reasons for it, but one of the main reasons was that we went with a double pivot and we we limited ourselves playing Fernandinho and Rodri. There was no need to play Rodri in that game. If you were going to the whole debate around Rodri and Fernandinho playing, was who's going to play as the holding midfielder? Um, a lot of fans saying that Fernandinho can't hack 90 minutes. Well, he clearly hacked 90 minutes because he stayed on for 90 minutes, therefore, that rubbish is that, and he did it in a derby, so there's no need for. For, for, for Rodri to play him, we could have used a bit more dynamism, played Fordham, Bernardo Silva, um, or somebody else instead of him. The, the fact of just playing Rodri to try and get him in the team now is what I think is, is is happening here now. Just We can't not play him because he costs £62.5 million. When, when it starts coming down to that, when you have to play a player because you have to play him and not because of merit, and not because he's the right player for the game, it, there's, there's a problem there for me um we, we look passive very very slow that was probably down to the fact that we had an age in Fernandinho that still runs around like a 20 year old though so not on his part but somebody next to him that that loves to play sideways and backwards and is majoritively you know negative um I, I think Stone's had a good game I'll be I'll be fair to him I thought he had a, a good game they didn't really test him that much but when he was tested in behind I think he he ushered well, and he, he he managed he managed the ball well, and he and he ushered it back to Edison quite well. And, and up front, I thought until until Fran Torres came on in the last couple of minutes of the game, in the last quarter of the game, I thought um, I thought we were we were very limited up front as well. Um, it wasn't one of Mara's best games, and obviously I, I do defend him quite a bit, um, but I didn't ever think that he would have been able to affect this game that much because they wouldn't have probably allowed him to do what what he can do. But when Torres came on, he was the brightest spark in, in the front three. thought, hey, Zeus, I saw signs against Fulham that Tolson had him in his back pocket. And Maguire and Lindelof seemed to limit him to, to touches inside the box and, and really creating anything clear-cut. We looked like, again, we struggled to break down a lowest block. And we, we, to be fair to us, we dealt with their counter quite well. But for me, that epitomised yesterday, a boring nil-nil draw, and yes, we played some nice, pretty football, but in the wrong areas of the pitch, and we didn't do it enough in the final third, with enough tempo, with enough speed, with enough dynamism, and that was probably down to the fact that we we didn't play another attacking midfielder in there, and we, we decided to play another older midfielder in there, and really, there was no real threat in that area of the pitch to justify playing two older midfielders. And not only that, I think a player that gets a free pass a lot of the time, Ian, is Kevin De Bruyne. Um, for me, you know, you can chuck as many games as you want, at me where he's turned it on in big games. But in certain big games, if things aren't going our way and it's becoming frustrating, he's one of the first men whose heads drop. As soon as his head drops and he's this main man in midfield, the performance ends up becoming... It's nullified in itself because our most pivotal cutting-edge player has now wobbled. His head's gone. His head's rolled. Arms in the air, deflated. I think the commentators commented on it as well. I think Martin Taylor someone that we've all got a bit of an issue with at times against us when he's commentating on our games. He highlighted it and I couldn't disagree. Um, De Bruyne becomes very disappointed and annoyed, but he allows it to be viewed by the rest of his teammates. And then how can he then not expect the rest of the boys to, to feel the same way as him? And with him being the captain... Um, or, well, is a captain, but with him being a captain kind of figure, it's not a very good example to the rest of the squad. If in a Manchester derby, when you join 0-0 and things aren't going well, that you make it visually aware to the rest of your teammates that you've had enough. Because if that was the case and I was Pep Guardiola, I would have said, right, Kevin, we're going to remove you from the pitch because you're not actually benefiting the team in any way, shape or form now. And at the, in that game yesterday, as the game went on, the less and less we needed Kevin De Bruyne. We needed someone a bit more like Phil Foden, Bernardo Silva or Oakai Gundogan that was maybe a bit more creative in a sense in tighter areas, tighter spaces, that could probably work magic and unlock a defence. And, and that's how the game went. And in the end, we just, I don't know, it was the worst, worst derby I've watched in 27 years. And it's the worst derby I've watched in terms of being able to properly grasp what football means to me in the last 18 years since that one at Main Road when we won 3-1.
0: There's a lot of things I can pick you up on there. Obviously, let's start with uh, the defence. Uh, you've singled out John Stones as, as playing well, um, although I can't really remember too many serious attacks from United. Uh, and there's no argument that since he's come in, the statistics show that uh, City have kept clean sheets. One of the things I think our defence is missing, believe it or not, at the moment, is any type of penetration going forward, which you might argue isn't important. But actually, it's a team game. You defend together. You attack together. And when Laporte plays, he's always looking for a long, penetrative ball. Stones plays the safety first game. He, he is passing his sideways and backwards. Like most of the time, I've got to admit, Rodri is. And I've not seen anything to suggest that Diaz is any different than that. So that means there's nothing coming from the back like that. Is that... Is that something that, that you would agree with, or do you think I'm wrong on that?
1: No, I, I, listen, you're not wrong, Ian. If, if that, that, that's what you've seen and that's what you've noticed. I mean, you've watched football for a long, 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 long time now. Not not to offend you in that way, but you've you've seen a lot of football matches. You've seen a lot of city games. You've watched a lot of players over the years. So you're more than entitled to an opinion in, in that sense, uh, in you know, in this context than, than, than anyone really. And um, I think I think with regards to Diaz. I'm very, very impressed with what he's done with regards to shoring up the defence and bringing a bit of leadership back and giving us that stability at the back. But um, I'm disappointed that we've not seen Diaz from Benfica in terms of them forward passes. I mean, when I, when I first like, heard the rumours of us being interested in him, the first thing that many fans do is go and have a little look on YouTube. If you've already, seen. I mean, I'd seen him before that, but if you go and have a little look on YouTube just to refresh your memory of what a player is about and who you're actually buying... When you actually look at a, a tactical uh, analysis of Diaz, um, the amount of forward passes he plays, you know, between two lines, never mind one, which is, I think, what you're uh, alluding to when you talk about Aymeric. About when when Aymeric fizzes one of them into the left-hand channel from outside his own box, I've seen Diaz do that and I've not seen him do that too much. At Benfica, maybe he had a lot more freedom to play them passes and maybe under Pep, he's been told that we have to seriously, strictly play out from the back. And, and he's not, he's not wanting him to do that. Whereas he almost gives America license to do that when he believes the time is right. And I, I do agree with you that we, we you know, we, we need to try and get ourselves up the pitch a lot quicker and a bit similarly to the Spurs game yesterday against United, which it reminded me quite a lot of and, and the Liverpool game as well. Um, when we won the ball back in a decent area of the pitch and they were committed, we weren't quick enough in possession. We hadn't, You know, we didn't inject any tempo into our play where we could have got in behind them, caused them serious problems. There was opportunities. There is always opportunities to get behind a low block because at times they will have to come out and play against you. And United did come out in a sense and play yesterday. And it's down to us to be quick, snappy, pick our passes quicker, be decisive. And we weren't. And I've seen it four or five times off the top of my head this season where you know, we should have beat Liverpool. Let's not bat, you know, let's not beat around the bush. We should have come away with three points against Liverpool. We shouldn't have lost to Spurs because I think we should have been leading in that game before we conceded the first. And we should have battered United yesterday. We should have played one holding midfielder, played someone with a bit more dynamism in front. And even even when Pep made the change to bring um, Torres on, he should have then removed either Rodri or De Bruyne... Um, well, Rodri did come off. But what I mean is, he should have removed Rodri or De Bruyne and and put on somebody like Foden or or Bernardo Silva. It was almost as if he was happy to settle for a point against United. And I don't think I don't think it was down to those fans not being in the ground either. I just think it was it was an attitude thing. And to, to, to jump on what Roy Keane said after the game and City fans that want to lambast me for this and say, "Oh, you're backing Roy Keane up for," can do what they want. But as far as I'm concerned, there's a lot of City fans that deep down will believe that what I saw bothered them as well. And that is Maguire and Sterling hugging after the game, literally 20 seconds after full time. You've just played in a Manchester derby. That wouldn't have been happening behind closed doors because the City fans that have been shouting and there'd have been an atmosphere, hugging and, oh, yeah, how's your family? And And listen, everybody wants to care about everyone at the moment. And I know they play with England together. But to see that 20 seconds after, I mean, me and Jess sat there and we're looking at it on the screen and we just turned to each other and went. And I said to her, we've just drawn 0-0 at Old Trafford. We didn't play very well. The tempo was shocking and I I feel completely empty. But yet Sterling Maguire, Stones and Maguire and Walker and Maguire all seem to to be absolutely over the moon with the result. And they all seem to be asking each other what they're having for Sunday dinner. And I just thought, no, it's not not for me that... it, 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 get get fans back in the ground as soon as possible Because if we get fans back in the ground Hopefully the atmosphere will stop all that Rubbish on the pitch after the game All that lovey-dovey stuff Not for me
0: Final question then is um, As far as I'm concerned And again you can disagree with me if you like uh, The last five big games That City have played Were the FA Cup semi-final At the end of last season The Champions League game against Leon. The home game this season against Liverpool, the away game this season against Tottenham, and yesterday's game against Manchester United. City haven't won any of those games. Mm. Uh, is that a concern? Because we're not just talking about a one-off here. There's no doubt, in my mind, that on Tuesday night when City play West Brom, they'll get five, four, five, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Southampton next Saturday, slightly trickier. But you would expect them to win that fairly comfortably as well. Boxing Day, Newcastle, comfortable home win. Um, But it's these big games where City seem to lack vitality, seem to lack energy, seem to lack belief, seem seem to lack bravery. Is that Pep's fault? Is that the players' fault? Or am I wrong anyway?
1: I, I seriously don't think that Pep believes that we are the same team that we were in them two seasons that we won the title back to back, and I think that he he knows that, and he knows he probably needs to make one or two more additions. He knows he needs another striker because we can't we can't cope without Aguero for as long as we have done. And I think he also knows, and I I genuinely believe this that he I think he genuinely looks now and believes that he made a mistake with with the Rodri transfer. And that Cheeky and Ferran maybe also did. And I think that because they paid so much for him, I mean, let, let's, not, let's not beat around the bush here. Rodri costs £32.5 million pounds more than Fernandinho. And that's inflation. And I get that. And I get that players increase in value with, with time. And it was seven years after we signed Ferner, whatever. But is Rodri, in terms of just the monetary value, double the player that Fernandinho is? No, he's not even half, in my opinion. And it's not all Rodri, and I'm not pinning it all on Rodri, and I think that people on Twitter have misinterpreted what I've said in the last couple of weeks. It's not... He's not the... He's not... it doesn't all fall on his shoulders. But for me, in terms of the attacking phase and the defensive phase, he's one of the main issues, because he's in the engine room, and without Fernandinho in there, on his own, where he doesn't have to share the responsibility, and he can really get his teeth in and get stuck in, there's a problem and I do think that Pep has become a cautious manager in big games when he believes that there's too much to lose and he would rather, he would rather be cautious and hold on to what we've got and try and nick something which we would have probably done yesterday if we'd have played for another, I mean would we have done that if we'd have played for another 20 minutes? I could sense us maybe grabbing something at the end but I could also sense them grabbing something and I thought we might lose the game 1-0 in the end but It was one of them where I just thought it is very much like the Lyon game. But like I said, we should have beat Liverpool. We should have beat United yesterday. We should have beat Spurs. I think we should have beat Spurs. I think we should have been winning the game before we even conceded the goal. And the reason why we lost that game in the manner that we did was because both goals were counter-attacks. The Kane goal should have been stopped. Rodri should have, listen, he should have hacked him down. He should have nailed him. Um, And we're passive in midfield. And... That has to fall on Pep's shoulders. The players haven't done the job on the pitch, but they've been asked to do something out of character, and that's playing a way that we don't normally play, which is a passive style where we're not at tempo and we're not we're not breaking lines, etc. At pace, and they've been asked to play a double pivot again and play a cautious game against United. We give them too much respect. If we'd have played our normal game of football yesterday, we'd have absolutely ripped them to pieces. Leipzig did it. Come on, like four days after Leipzig and we literally approach that game like United a top of the league and we're chasing top four. For me, he got it wrong yesterday and I I love Pep to pieces, but there's love in him and there's disagreeing with him and you can do both in my opinion.
0: So Harlan, um, the first contributor who was uh, chatting to me earlier on, feels that Pep being the great coach he is, isn't quite getting it right. Isn't being brave enough, which is sort of some of what I was saying in my earlier rant. Uh, let us get um, Adam next. What do you think, Adam? What What did you when you were watching that game yesterday? Did you
2: enjoy it? No, it was it was the most boring part of my day. I'll be honest. I was really looking forward to it. I felt like it was the first game this season that I've really looked forward to. And even though there was no fans, I still felt like it was a really big game. Um, Obviously it's a it's a derby against Manchester United. I was really looking forward to it all day. And I got, I sat down to watch it and I was just so disappointed by how we just didn't seem like we were trying to win, which is something that I've not I've not seen us do really under Guardiola. You know, you've you've seen us go to Old Trafford under under Guardiola and, and clearly go there for the three points. It's usually Jose Mourinho or someone that w- would go. Uh, to go into a game like that looking for a draw away from home and say, oh, we'll beat them at home or something like that. But it looked like us yesterday. And that's just not what Pep's philosophy is and what he's been talking about, and drilling into us and saying is the right way to play football over the past three years. And I've just seen it seems like though that philosophy is just flaking away in important games, like in the Leon game you're talking about. Like yesterday. It just feels like we're giving up that philosophy because we don't feel like we're good enough to pull it off. And I'd rather if we, if we are going to lose and we're not good enough to pull it off, I would rather lose or draw playing the way that we've been told is so great. And, and, and the way that the rest of the world is supposed to look at us and, and go, Oh, Manchester city, a great football team, like you say. So I just feel like we're losing our way a little bit in these big games in the smaller games. Yeah. You can see it there. You you can see, how we could turn this season into a title-winning season, but when you look at the the big games and how we've gone missing in those games, it, it's really, really worrying. And yeah, I was just, I was just overall just really disappointed with the game. Um, I was actually okay with a starting lineup of, of Fernandinho and Rodri in there because I felt like it would stop the counter attack, but we would have enough ball to mean that we create enough chances to win the game but we didn't even create enough chances to really win the game. I don't think you see the Mare's chance in the first half and then De Bruyne puts it over the bar. Apart from that, I can't even really remember much. So as the game was going on, I was thinking, yeah, I was happy with Rodri and Fernandinho at the start, but now I want to see something change. And Pep seemed reluctant to make those changes to adjust the system and really go for the win. He did look like he was happy with a draw, and I'm not sure why that's the case. It's not like we're, you know, 10 points ahead going into Christmas. You know, this isn't the 17-18 season where we're running away with it. And even then, we didn't drop uh, drop back against big teams. We went for the win in every game. So why aren't we doing that now? And it is it's really frustrating. And yeah, I came away really disappointed from, from yesterday's game. Despite the blank score sheets, do you think the fact that he is being so cautious in this
0: big game is an admission without actually saying it out loud that he doesn't trust his
2: defenders? it might be more of a thing that he doesn't trust Rodri, like you were saying. I think it's more in Rodri because now looking at our defenders, you know, Stones is playing better than he did do last season uh, and he's fit for a start. So that's an improvement on last season. Diaz looks, looks brilliant, um, I've thought, even though, like you say, he hasn't been tested against a smaller opposition, but I think he's looked like a commanding centre-half, which is certainly an upgrade on Otamendi from last season. All the season before. Um, Laporte probably hasn't stepped up, but you'd still say Laporte is a really good centre-half, so you, you should be trusting trusting him, really. Walker's having the season of his life at the minute. Mendy's coming back and he's looking better than he has done when he's come back from injuries previously. So I think our uh, back four is in is a better position than it's been over the past three seasons, even in that 18-19 season. Defensively, as a back four, we're better. But the difference is we've not got Fernandinho to stop those counter attacks. Well, we've got him, but he's too old, perhaps, doesn't quite do the job anymore. And, and perhaps he, he just fancies Rodri more. I, I still don't see it. I prefer Rodri in front of there, but perhaps he's seeing that he's not, he's too old or he's not good enough anymore.
0: So I, I, mentioned the, Harlem before, I mentioned yeah. to Haaland
2: before that, that one of the things that I think is missing,
0: because you attack as a team and you defend as a team, is that Laporte, when he's playing that back two, um, is always looking for a forward ball. It might be a crossfield diagonal ball. It might be a ball down the touchline. But you don't really see that from Diaz or Stones. Now, Walker is, is playing often as a very forward um, right wing back, and they often drop into a three, especially when Ake's playing, not not obviously in the derby. Um, so, but in terms of the defenders, um, and they include Rodri in that, by the way, um, there is a very, it feels to me anyway, is, is that the contri- the attacking contribution from that area is minimal, apart from Walker occasionally flying down that right-hand side.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. We've seen examples of Laporte putting those forward balls in and you know, standing in the, south, in the south stand, watching him um, attack us um, in, in the first half of a lot of games. You've seen where Laporte's pulled off a pass that you think could be Kevin De Bruyne, but it's not, it, it's, it's about Laporte. And like you say, I, I haven't seen Stones pull off any of those balls and I haven't seen Diaz. Diaz, to me, is brought in because he's a proper centre-half who can organise us, and I think that could be his role in this team, but I do agree. I think we're missing that sort of attacking contribution from the defenders. Walker is doing that job at times because um, he's he's coming away with some great balls and and it, and is bringing us forward. I feel like sometimes he's the one driving us forward um, rather than some of the attackers. Sometimes so he's certainly doing it. But yeah, I do feel like there's a bit of a hole uh, in in that in that defensive shape. That's meaning that we're not quite using the defence in the attacking way that we're used to. Um, We're known to have attacking defenders and they're contributing more going forward than they are going back when really they're not at the minute, just passing it along the halfway line, aren't they? It's pretty boring.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can't disagree with that. Um, Amy, you've sat there listening to all this, um, you know, analysing, you're probably thinking, what, three bloody idiots they are. So I'm going to let you have your say now, Amy. Um, put us right, tell us what you think about that Manchester derby.
3: Um, I mean, I've seen, you know, a fair few derbies. Um, if I couldn't go to the games, I'd go to the pub. Um, and I have a lot of friends who are either United or City. My brother is a United fan. <laughs> um, and I was saying to Adam before, out of the three of us, so there's me and my dad and my brother, he was the more stressed. He was the one that was shouting at the telly, and I was just laughing at him. I thought it was hilarious that he was like he was getting more angry than I was. Um, and I suppose from his point of view, he's seen United fall out the Champions League. He's used to seeing United being the best, winning everything that there is in the trophy cupboard. Us City fans have not always had that. And I suppose sometimes we can laugh at things like we laugh when United do something wrong or we laugh at Liverpool because they're not used to seeing what we've had to go through. But yesterday I just couldn't believe what I was watching and it was laughable. It was actually laughable. It was so pedestrian. Like at one point I even shouted it's football, not walking football. The thing that that does my head in, and it's one of the things that I, you know me, I'm so big advocate for Pep. I, I, you know, I love him to pieces, but the one thing that has drove me mad since him coming to City is the fact that the lads don't take a shot. Like, they just try and walk through 15 men's legs or whatever. Like, just take a shot from where you are. That Vinnie Company goal at Leicester, it, like, against Leicester was amazing because he, he thought, right, I'm just going to take that shot. I'm just going to fire it. No one has that mentality. Sterling does it regularly and then he gets tripped up. Sometimes he wins a penalty. Sometimes he doesn't win a penalty. Most of the time they think he's doing a Tom Daly and he's taking a dive. But, it really drives me mad if you're there outside and you can see that you can take a shot and take a goal then take it doesn't matter if it doesn't go anywhere just have that desire to take a shot instead of trying to walk through you know all these legs because it's just the ball's not going to go in the net it's some defender is going to stop it from going in the net and that's what drives me mad there is no desire to take a shot there is there is they just want to sit there and try and, you know, oh, yeah, it's really good. We can get through all these players. But it doesn't always work. And I think that is the issue. is there's, It's just too pedestrian and they're trying to walk it through defence and it's just not going to happen. But I've got you to say... You use that,
0: the word desire there. Is, is yeah. that what's missing?
3: Yeah, I don't know whether it's because there's no fans there, whether... We can't keep saying it's because Vinny's not there anymore. We have to get into our thing that he's not coming back this time whenever, if he comes back in at some managerial point, then that's fine. But at the moment he's gone. David Silva's gone. I'm going to cry to the end of my life when Aguero goes, but these players are getting, it makes me thinky because I'm the same age as these players, but they're getting, they're getting on, you know, and they're not going to be here forever. And people need to stop looking backwards. We need to start looking forwards. And, Yesterday, in my opinion, we should have had Foden on. And uh, I, I, The person who is a passionate Man City fan, passionate about his game, he should have been on. He should have been playing in that derby yesterday, either as a sub or as actually the main man. And I think that's what was missing. The desire and the passion and having no fans there. He, either United or City fans would have been cheering everybody up. And I think the you know the passion's gone out of it it really
0: has trust me i can relate to a lot of what you're saying there because as an older fan as i am um you may have even seen it on twitter this week but i've come to the realization that i'm a fossil now i'm past (laughs) my sell-by day and that's what that's what (laughs) happens to players we're all like that you know you come to the end of your sell-by day and youth and new energy is is what comes through um and you're right, Foden is a, is a young City fan who would have lots of energy. We can have a debate about his quality, but there's certainly no question in his energy and his passion and the fact that he has, you know, a sky blue in his heart. And um, I might be out of step for saying this, but I'd have rather personally that that had been a good game and a, and a brave performance by City even if they'd lost. Yeah. To me, it isn't just about winning a game. Now, though, I've still seen people on social media saying, you know, it wasn't a great game, it was poor, but we got a point, and that could be the point that win- wins us the league. Mm. Well, I'm sorry, but for me, that's not, you know. I mean, when it's Chelsea won enough. the Champions League that year, yeah. um, to me... Enough. They were terrible that year. And, and yeah, they won it. They're in the record book. But if that had been City going through the Champions League that season, you know, getting one nil wins and and being the the worst team in every game, I wouldn't have enjoyed that. You know, yeah, all right, would have said on the mantelpiece that City had, 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 you know, won the Champions League. But I want to be entertained. I mean, it's the age-old question of do you actually want what is football about you know when we can't go to games it makes you realize what football is all about what what's the thing we're missing it's the social aspects of it it's the going with your friends it's the it's it's seeing people it's being out and about it's all that social activity and now no no, through no fault of any any of us or, or anybody in society we are where we are games are being played behind closed doors so all of that other good stuff is missing, and all it boils down to is the actual 90 minutes of watching a football match on TV. So, when that is dreadful, and there is no ambition, and no passion, and no care, and you don't think that it, it matters to them because they're in the comfort zone, they're earning lots of money, and they're still playing football while we're all locked up in our houses and can't do anything. That drives me crazy. Yeah. That's why that's what's made me upset. Not the fact that it was a nil-nil draw, you know, not the fact that City didn't win. I'd have rather lost 4-3 yeah. and watched two teams go at it and think, what a great game. What a, that, That's cheered me up. That. But you know what? I went to Oldham against Bradford in the afternoon behind closed doors because I'm part of their commentary team. Uh, all right, it wasn't a great atmosphere, but I enjoyed that game more than the Manchester Derby. Can you believe I'm saying that? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That, that that sums it up. That really does yeah. sum up. I just felt there was there was no passion in it, and like you say, the end of the game really annoyed me, seeing Stones yeah. and, and Maguire having a nice hug and Maybe Pep and Carrick were more talking about tactics, perhaps, and weren't asking each other about their uh, their wives and kids. But, yeah, I I agreed with Roy Keane, who who said it (laughs) last night on Sky. I never thought I'd say that very often. But, yeah, um, he said, you know, there wasn't enough passion in it. It, It's a Manchester derby, and he didn't feel like it. I think the fans not being there did impact it a lot. I think it was always going to favour United, the fans not being there, because if the fans were there... United fans would have been jeering United forward and that would have made there was more space for us to exploit and we would have had more chances than we did. It just made for a really stale game and because there was no fans there, there was no passion. But even without the fans being there, there should be that passion to win. You know how many people are watching you. You know what's at stake? you know that the, every three points could be the title or not the title. It could be a bonus, whether you going on holiday in summer with a nice healthy bonus or not, you know, if you're really motivated by that. So you should find motivation somehow. Yeah, and, okay. I, and I don't understand. Quite a few people were saying that, that Pep should have been, you know, if you can't motivate a team for Manchester Derby, then what are you doing? But for me, it's individuals. If I was playing the Manchester Derby, I'd tell you what, I'd be motivated for it. I don't need Guardiola down my ear hole in, in the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, but the, the difference, that. Is that
0: Adam, you've got a city shirt on as you're talking to me now. If you're listening to the audio version of this, you won't know this, um, but Adam is wearing a city shirt, and isn't that what the difference is? What, <laughs> what? That I'm, I'm, that I, I'm a fan. That, I, yeah. That if you were out there, then you're playing for that badge, yeah.
2: Um, and that's that's where the Phil Foden argument comes in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it. Yeah, if you have more Mancunians or you have more City fans. Uh, City fans as players and of course that's that's going to matter but even even for someone that comes from Portugal you should know how much you should know how important that game is it's, it's a local rivalry. You, you come in and you should know that Reven Diaz should know that and if not perhaps it should be instilled by the management maybe that is a sure. criticism of, of Pep but to me I think individuals should fire themselves up for big games like this. you know Manchester United these players will have grown up watching Manchester United as the biggest team in the world. So if you can't fire yourself up to play Manchester United, whether you're playing for Wolves or Manchester City, it doesn't matter. This is Manchester United we're playing. You should be fired up for it. And particularly because we're going for a title and United just got knocked out in the midweek. We, we should have really stamped our authority on the game. We didn't. We didn't. We looked like we were scared to play against them. And I'd be embarrassed if I was a City player, having watched United in midweek, and then watched how we played against them yesterday. I'd be embarrassed if I was a player. I don't know what your brother thought, Amy, but the way i look at it is that that was a better
0: result for united i still would say that that city were the better man for man team and probably just about if it was a boxing match and you were deciding it on points i would still i would have given that game slightly to city even though it was a an atrocious game and probably 0-0 was a fair reflection of the game i would have slightly given it to city but equally i think i might have slightly given the passion or evidence of passion, more to United. I, th- I thought they showed a little bit, especially early on, just showed that little bit more passion. When Did your brother feel relieved that it only finished nil-nil? Did he feel relieved? Because there was a lot of pressure on Solskjaer, and that, that was the thing that worried me before the game. I thought, everybody's writing United off here. You don't write them off. When they've just got beat in the Champions League, they're not going to come out and lie down.
3: Oh, it, Obviously, like like... Um... As I said before, he, he seemed to be the more, like, angry of the two of us. I was just sat there thinking, what the hell am I watching? Um, but my brother will read, like, my brother will read a team sheet and go, why is he playing in? What's he doing that for? Why is he doing that? And stuff like that. I look at the team sheet and I see brilliant footballers. I feel that we have got a really good bunch of footballers. It's We have... We have took a hell of a long time for top foreign footballers, whoever, to come to our little club. And you normally, you know, when you used to go on holiday as a kid, I know I used to get it. Where you from? Manchester. Oh, Manchester United. No, no, the Am City, not United. But no one knew who, you know, you went abroad. No one really knew City. It was all United. And I'm just happy at the fact that we have that thing now where you can go on holiday. People know who you are now. They don't say United anymore. They say us. And that that makes me feel really, really proud that we've been able to do that. But after yesterday's shower of shite, I don't know what, you know, I just, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. Like, like I say, it was laughable. But out the two of us, my brother was more angry than I was.
2: Mm. We should be expecting more than them, though. Yeah. You know, you know, you look, you look at their team sheet, and your brother's right to be picking out names, going, "Why is he playing? Why is he mm-hmm. playing?" Because half their team are nowhere near good enough to be playing for mm-hmm. Manchester United, this big, huge club. But the thing is, every player that went out there yesterday should be winning that game for City. Yeah, you look at that team sheet, and there's nowhere on is. there that I'm going, "Oh, he could get, could get caught out today. He's not, yeah. he's not good enough." We're not, we weren't playing Zinchenko, whereas I would would have looked at him and said, "He's yeah. not good enough for City." The team that we put out yesterday, I thought was good enough to win any Manchester derby, and it's probably good enough to win any game in the yeah. league. It'll give Liverpool a run for its money if it was on top form, but it's not, and we and we didn't. And whether it is, whether that shows more about Guardiola than it does the players, because those players should be doing well. So is it the system or is it the desire? We're, you know, it, it's a it's a toss up between those two, and I guess only the players and the manager will know. I
3: suppose though, with Pep, he's used to playing. I mean, I've read it on on social media and stuff because everybody's everybody's a critic, as you know, and um, everyone's saying that the type of football that Pep plays is it a bit of OCD? Like he's got to do that certain thing, and when it goes wrong, he doesn't know how to get back out of it because he's so set in stone. He's so set in his in his rituals, maybe, um, as to how to do things. So it like gets to the 70 odd minute and instead of changing it maybe in the first like the first minutes of the second half, he gets to near the very end and goes, right, oh god, I need to put a sub on. He only put one sub on, y- on yesterday. Like he's the one that's the advocate for five five subs, yet he didn't use the other two that he had anyway. Like, you know, it just doesn't make it just doesn't make sense, like as to as to how things are, but you know, like I say, is it because he is so set in his in his ways that he can't change it when it goes wrong because he doesn't know how to change it? Because that's what he knows and that's what he's used to.
2: We brought in a we brought in a new assistant manager, didn't we, at the start of the season? Yeah. He was, you know, one of Pep's idols, and he went to play for him in whatever country it was back in the day. So really, he should have been brought in to challenge. Guardiola's ideas, that's what I thought, and, and take Guardiola's ideas to the next step and perhaps challenge the players more because obviously the players get in a comfort zone after so many years with Guardiola. As we've seen at Barcelona and Bayern Munich, eventually players get a bit tired with his methods and so on. So I thought when this assistant manager was going to come in, he'd bring a new dynamic and he would push us more and he would question Guardiola more than he is. But... What, the system that Guardiola started with yesterday was the system that we ended the game the game in. So either the whole the whole management system was happy with it, or the other guys just not overruling and, and not not mm-hmm. speaking in Guardiola's air enough. But I don't think it should be a criticism of just Guardiola the, the way it is. You know, the OCD no, no, definitely. No. I think he's definitely got he, he, his ways are strange. But I think the fact that we've got that assistant manager that that suggests that. They were either both happy, or the other guy just isn't putting his word in. So it needs to be a, a criticism of both of those, really.
3: I suppose though, in in any management thing, you, you if you was a deputy manager, you wouldn't want to go above your own manager, um, by saying, "Well, I'm not too sure about that," but because you, you you wouldn't want to, because you 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 know that's your manager, and you can't go above what they say, um. You know, it's like it's like in anything, like you've always got to ask the top person the, the, before you think about it yourself. And then, yes, yeah, sometimes when you have thought about it, well, yeah, I was right in the end, but you can't say anything because it's your manager and you feel a bit awkward.
0: So it's how City bounce back from this now. I mean, I, I personally think they'll they'll beat West Brom easily. The way game at Southampton next weekend. Having seen that Liverpool and Spurs have gone away to Fulham and Crystal Palace and and struggled a little bit, uh, makes me wonder whether Southampton away, because they're a team are in form, um, might be a little bit of a challenge. So maybe the other side of that game will have an indication. Um, I still believe four points off the top of the table after the Derby weekend um, is very surmountable. We know City have some very, very good players, although there is a creeping doubt in my mind, um, having seen them fail in some of these big games and not show the bravery, that unless there is a very low points tally needed to be champions this year, which is possible, um, that I don't think City will win it. That's how I'm starting to feel, but they can, but will they Is, is the different question. Um, what do you think? Is it? Do you still think City will? You, I know you're hopeful, and I, I expect both of you would say
2: that you believe they can. But will they? Will they? Short answer: No. But of course, like you say, we can. Um, I think. I think we won't. I think we'll be. Co- we'll come a lot closer to it than perhaps we think right now, because the other teams aren't doing great either, and I think we're sort of lulling, our, lulling ourselves into a positive mindset at the minute by all these other teams dropping points. We can go, if we win our game, we're only three or four points off the top. So it's keeping us positive in our heads that things are actually okay because the other teams aren't so great. So actually we might have a tight run title race. And at which point at the end of the season, we'll go, oh, you know, we, we were really involved in that title race and we've done all right. And you look back over the season and we've, we've already what, lost our many games, joined of many games. So it's going to be a low, a low point. Uh, title race I think so I think I think we are going to be involved in it because of that it's going to be low compared to our expectations um, but we are going to be involved but do I think we'll win it no I think Tottenham and Liverpool have the edge over us Maybe. May.
3: I, I think a weird team would probably with the way things are I think the a weird team would win the, the league like Southampton or whoever like I just think it because of the way things are obviously I don't know what Morris is going to do to us next week. But if them that have had their fans in, like the have obviously like Fulham today, have had their fans in, and it's it's made us a, a, a major improvement in their in their game today. Um so it'd be a weird to see what happens if the roles are reversed, the North goes into tier two, we get our fans back. We'll see what happens, but i th- I think it'd be quite funny if a if a like a, t- a team you wouldn't expect would win the league, and everyone else would be like down the down the list.
0: I'm going to finish this podcast with um, just one little bit of speculation that I've seen this evening, but it, it concerns a sub- concerns a subject that you know isn't going away until either Lionel Messi commits himself to Barcelona long term or City sign him, or somebody else signs him. We know that in January, um, he can start talking to other clubs, and that Barcelona, there will be some pressure on doubt at Barcelona because they seem to have financial difficulties to not let him go on a free transfer next summer. Today's speculation, which may have no truth in it whatsoever, but I'll throw it out there anyway, because it becomes a discussion point, is Gabriel Jesus, Eric Garcia and 100 million pounds brings Lionel Messi in January to Manchester City. What do you think of that one?
2: I bite the hand off at it. Yeah, I, I, I think you, you, I think we have enough in our transfer budget to allow for us to bring Messi in and also to go for a really big, uh, big name forward like Haaland in the summer. I think we've got to prioritise an Aguero replacement but I do think there's room in there for a Messi as well. And I'd be quite happy to send Jesus the opposite way. I think he's not the Aguero replacement, um, just like Messi won't be. So it'll be a, a swap for swap. But Messi is certainly a better player, obviously, than Jesus. Um, I don't care about the 100 million because it's not my money. Um, and also, we've, we've cl- well clearly have worked it out that we can afford that because it'll mean a, it'll, Messi's wages will be significantly lower because it'll be a, a fee and not a, a free... Uh, Bosmany type rule deal, um, in the summer, so yeah, I'd say Garcia doesn't want to play for us, so I'd send him, you know, I'd pay them to take him off us. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd, I'd certainly take that. I'd I'd pay 200 million pounds for Messi, I think it'll happen. Um uh, so yeah, we'll see. <laughs> what do you think, Amy? You were shaking your head when I was reading that out. I don't, I
3: don't. I personally like Jesus, but I'd get rid of Garcia, but I like well, we share birthdays, so it's fine. But um no, I I just think I, I don't know. I mean, Messi's amazing, don't like there's no doubt about it. But could he play in the Premier League? How many players, foreign players have come over to England and been like rabbits in headlights? Like you He's know, the best I leather,
2: though, isn't he? Surely it's just... like it's a given.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, well, it's up to City, but I just think... It's up to you, Amy.
0: I'm giving you the power to make the decision. Would you do that me? deal? If
3: it, if it was me, I I just think that's just silly. I just really do, because I just think Messi's great. Don't, I am not disputing that Messi isn't great. I'm not. I just think... I mean, Garcia, right, fine. You don't want play to play for us, go. But I just... I don't know. I just think it's a bit daft. <laughs> I really do think it's daft. I just because how long is he going to be at a play for us? He's he's in his thirties as well. Like
2: yeah, he'll have two two years in him, reckon two seasons, and then he'll. I know him they're him saying he, they City, thinking
3: I'll... of shipping to him to America, aren't they? To work to like New York City or whatever. But I just the think rumor he... that I've heard,
0: which which I, I can see having a lot of validity in it is that um, the City group would sign him on a 10 year deal, two years to play for City, two years to play for New York, and six years to go around all the CFG group clubs um, and be an ambassador for for CFG. Um, My fear, Uh, And I wouldn't do that deal, by the way. But I think City would absolutely snap their hands off. And I think Adam reflects a a lot of City fans' mood. I think there's a lot of City fans who would say, absolutely, it's a no-brainer. And who who am I to say I'm right and they're wrong? But me personally, um, I think his best days are behind him. I think he still could be a very good footballer not out about that you don't have talent like that and then it just disappears but is he what city needs at the moment when we're crying out for pace and tempo and and his he's that's not what he's about he's not about closing down he's not about um, increasing the pace of the game. He he's about great passing. So if he was using a clever midfield role, um, you know, the sort of perlo role in the latter years that he had when he was at Juventus, maybe he could play a fantastic role. But you've given up Gabriel Jesus. And in the, if that's what happens in this window, suddenly you've only got one proper striker. Mm-hmm. That's Sergio Aguero who, albeit that he's been an amazing player, nobody would argue with that, the greatest striker and arguably the greatest player ever to pull on a sky blue shirt. But we also have seen the evidence that he keeps uh, having injuries, uh, that he's not as sharp as he once was. So everybody's crying out for City to sign another striker. If you were to then sacrifice your player, Gabriel Jesus, the one other striker you've got, to bring in Messi, and you're spending a £100 million as well, which would be quite a chunk towards your Haaland or whoever else you might want to sign next summer, then, then to me that is that is a bad footballing deal. But I can completely understand why the modern Manchester City the the club looking for global dominance for young fans to follow them to to increase their market share to sell shirts to all the other things that they want to do um you know I can see why they would absolutely do that deal for, for Lionel Messi but I personally wouldn't do it but I'm a, I'm a fossil. I'm I'm yesterday's
2: I'm yesterday's well, I, city fan I must
3: be I must be a fossil as well then because
2: <laughs> you both fossils.
3: Yeah I don't just... <laughs> I just think I just think we should be looking in our academy for for the next up and coming person. Like I just, you know, I I went to Barcelona a, a year or so ago, right? And Messi is like God there, like literally. You walk in a bar and there's nothing that's not got Messi on it, nothing at all, right? And we sat in this sat in this bar, and we was watching, and I was with my ex at the time, and I said. He hates he hated football. That's why he's just a moron, but anyway. Um, and I was watching it and I said, and he's like, How what I said, if Messi scores, shout yeah, basically. Because like, literally, and he did, obviously, he scored. And um, like everyone was like, hey, obviously. And he was like, and I was like, like he's God to them, like he is godlike. But I just think I don't know. I I just think it'd be daft. I really do.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he bring he will bring a circus to the club. He will be, bring world um, publicity, no doubt about that. But does he then overshadow the club that we support and the club that we're, well, i felt for a long time part of. And I feel as if the club is going away from me now a little bit as it gets bigger, as it becomes more of a, of a global brand. The, the, the absence of being at games has added to that, of course, uh, but it does feel to me anyway, but as I say, I'm a fossil, so I forget what I think. But you know, the, the the club is going a little bit more and more away. You know, it's not. I tell you now, Lionel Messi ain't going to be turning up at supporters' club branch meetings, is he? Um, no, you know, on stuff not. like that. You know, um, <laughs> he's not going to be coming on podcasts in the future, and you know, I'm not going to be stopping him outside the Etihad and getting him on the vlog. All so that stuff ain't going to happen.
3: He won't stop. He won't stop for for pictures like the other lads do. He, he, I just think I just like I just think it's just that bar- it's a pipe dream. Put it that way. I just think it's balmy, like yeah, as I say. But it could happen. It could happen. I, it think could, it will. I just I just think it's silly getting rid of Jesus for for him. I just think it. I just think it's silly. I really do.
0: Well, that's what we're going to leave this week's uh, podcast. And um, I hope it hasn't seemed like a you know a sort of downer this one because off the back of a nil nil draw at Old Trafford, certainly when I've ranted about how poor I thought it was uh, there is a temptation to think that um, but I certainly still feel as if there's a possibility that this season could still end with City um, on the top step and, and lifting that Premier League trophy um, next week on the podcast I'm inviting all of the podcast regulars to, to join us for a sort of um, our Christmas party we'll still talk about City of course Uh, And also to do a little bit of a quiz and see if any of them actually know anything about this club that they claim to support.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm too drunk all the time. I can't (laughs) remember
0: anything. (laughs) So so that's something to to look out for next week. Uh, CharlesLouis.co.uk. Remember the sponsors. Thanks for their their help. Um, But in the meantime, um, I... I know not as many people at the moment have even got jobs because of the pandemic, and those who have got them might not be going into an office, so there might not be that banter that uh, you would normally have with the opposition fans. Amy clearly is an exception because she has a brother to have banter with, um, but you know if if at least you don't, City haven't lost the derby, have they? You know, so look at it that way. Um, but the least affected by a Manchester derby in a positive sense or even in some ways a negative sense I think I've ever felt but I wouldn't swap being a City fan for anything in the world so I'll conclude like I always do by saying that even though I've been pretty critical this week and felt pretty down after that performance I still say just as strongly as ever it's great to be a Blue.